and we've just gotten a big download from the Holy Ghost. No accident that we had two, not planned, but no accident that we had two speakers in one month because one thing David Ellis did was get us flowing so when golf could just come in and really flow uh, with us and take us places that we needed to go and things we'd prayed for. I know the prayer team that prays on Monday night, and you're invited to be a part of it, but I know they heard things that they go, we've prayed for this. We believed for this. I, did y'all notice that we we just started like two weeks ago praying for a word of knowledge to be more specific and increase? And he actually spoke that out. That was awesome. Hallelujah. And I believe that's not just for one of us, but all of us. Amen. That was for the corporate body. Sometimes he says things to one person that are for the corporate body. You know, that will that will happen often. So we're going to act on what we heard tonight, and I'm going to give you a chance to get up and say something if you want to here in a minute. But And I also plan not to keep you late because I don't like to wear the holy saints out. I know you, like I said, I prayed you've been under a strong anointing. When we're not used to carrying that strong anointing for two or three services, it is tiring, you know. And so, uh, yeah. hallelujah. Even pastor, he just... His mother, we don't ever say this, but his mother always says, I'm just destroyed. <laughs> and last night we looked at each other and said, man, if we weren't, if we weren't sanctified, we'd say what Norma says. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, well, we didn't say it. Aren't y'all thankful? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn over to Acts, uh, oh, no, excuse me, Hebrews 11. Part one. This morning, as I was praying, I knew I knew all week that on Wednesday night we were going to process what he was giving out. So this morning when I got up and I was praying, well, I heard the words, go on. Go on. I heard that in my heart and I thought, I know there's a scripture that says that. So I just sat there a minute and prayed and thought about it. And, I, I, and then I remembered. And I typed that. I put that down wrong. I don't know why I said wrote down Hebrews eleven one. The typist was tired this afternoon or something, because I typed it out. Actually, it's Hebrews six one. <laughs> Hallelujah! I, I, this scripture came up in my heart as I thought about go on, and I knew the Lord was saying to us go on. And Hebrews six says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on. It's time for Word of Life Church to go on, you know? You know that old song, Though none go with me, I still will follow? What's that song? I don't even know. I just know that phrase. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Joan, tell us. I have decided to follow Jesus. Absolutely, okay. Um, but anyway, that's what I've decided. Have you? Hallelujah. And I pray you'll go with us. I, my heart's desire and God's heart's desire and the Holy Spirit's desire and Jesus' desire and every person in here's desire is that every person connected to Word of Life Church will go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. He says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Did you know I looked that word up, perfection, and I expected it to say maturity. Because usually when it talks about being perfect in the New Testament, it's talking about being a mature man in Christ. That is not what this perfection means. That word perfection there means um, completion. 
let us go on to completion. I don't want to be an incomplete Christian or incomplete, incomplete Christian all my life because I didn't go on. There's some of you in this room right now, you've been saved, you've been saved a while. You need to go on into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to go on and speak with other tongues. You'll never be the same. Hallelujah. Pastor and I did that on January 1st, 1980. We went on with God. And you know, it, it wasn't convenient. It wasn't what everybody in our little town that we lived in wanted us to do. In fact, nobody wanted us to do that. Our parents sure didn't want us to do that. Hallelujah. The only one that didn't care was Colin. He was three years old. He didn't care. Hallelujah. We went on with God. You need to go on. Some of you are stuck. Hallelujah. The words that came to you the other night, I could talk to you individually and tell you some of those words are because you're stuck. And God wants you to stretch. He wants you to do something you've never done before so you can have something you've never had before. Hallelujah. So you can live a life that's not like the life your parents lived and your grandparents lived. I tell you, I don't care how good it was. It's not good enough. And it's not working anymore. We live in a, 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 a generation they didn't live in. And I don't care how bad it was. And I know there was sin. There's never been when there's not, since the Garden of Eden, there's always been sin, hadn't there? And I know there were times when there was sin. My Lord, in Paul's time in Corinthians, he talks about how they were having sex at the door of the church or the tabernacle or the temple. Now that's pretty bad. But one thing about it, they couldn't show it on a cell phone and broadcast it all over the earth. So that limited it to, you know, the whole world didn't have to see that sin. And I don't know about you, but it says in the book of Hebrews that, that the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah vexed Lot's righteous soul. And there is a lot of times I feel vexed. I feel vexed by sin, but I also feel vexed by people's attitudes. This people are so, it's all about me. That, you know, oh, that vexes me. Sometimes it even kind of makes me mad. Hallelujah. Don't it you? Yeah, Miss Jean, it makes her mad too. Hallelujah, it does. It, it's just righteous indignation. Sometimes just right. Like, who do you think you are? Hallelujah. Uh, oh, I don't know where we were the other day, but I said, I'd like to just get out of the car and... And, oh, I know, I know, we were at Regions Bank, sitting at the drive-in window. And this woman started backing out. And this man, who was still out on the highway when she started backing out, ripped into Regions Bank and honked at her for backing out. And then he came around the drive-in window, and he was sitting there right beside us. And I said, I'd, if, oh, just for anything, I'd get out and tell him off for her. But I think, I, I mean, I was like, who do you think you are? And he was like not even a young teenager who you might could say, well, you know, but this was like middle-aged. And I'm like, this lay a little old, and I got, I kind of getting more sympathetic with little old ladies backing out <laughs> in these days. You know, it's kind of like your neck don't turn like it used to. <laughs> you kind of want to be like Lester Summerall. You always park where you can go forward. 
<laughs> hallelujah. And you know, you know, we might just, you know, hallelujah. I desperately need one of those cars that has the backup camera and the beep, 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 you know, to tell me there's something back there. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I'm going to get one like that. <laughs> that you know, I don't even now. But that that one that parks for you, that now that's a little beyond me. I don't know. I wouldn't trust it. I'm too much of a control person. I couldn't let that car park for me. <laughs> it was just like, okay, y'all, y'all with me? So we need to go on. Say, I'm going to go on. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, go on. You wouldn't be coming to this church if you weren't looking for something that's not down at first church. You're looking for something. And that's what you're looking for if you're not baptizing the Holy Ghost. Okay? Okay, so let's go on to completion. Let's don't lead an incomplete Christian life. And he tells us what we're going to leave behind. Now he says, let's go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. You know, if we're having to, pr 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 to teach you to repent from your sin all the time, you're not going on very good. We need to be able to go on and teach something besides, you need to get saved, you need to get born again, you need to get back and quit being backslid every week. If we, you know, that's, that's, that's elementary. The Bible 1 version says the elementary doctrines of Christ. This says the principles of of the doctrine of Christ. But one version says the elementary. We need to go on past elementary school. In element, do you, do you don't need to keep taking kindergarten Christianity over and over and over again. And then first grade, take it for 23 years. Hallelujah. And then the, so the elementary doctrines of Christ are repentance of dead works, faith toward God. We need to quit, be able to quit teaching Believe God. Believe you receive when you pray. That's the basics of faith right there. You ought to have that down. We can go on to something else. Uh, of the doctrine of baptisms, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the... Because it says baptisms, that means every kind of baptism. That'd be water baptism. That'd be the baptism of repentance that John talked about. He said, I baptize you unto repentance. Uh, water baptism, that would be uh, um, Holy Spirit baptism. That's an elementary doctrine of Christ. Well, let me see. That means half the church world. No more than that. A lot of the church world, they're not even in elementary school. That must mean they're still in that preschool stuff where it comes to the doctrines of Christ. I'm not trying to be... Uh, rude or anything or putting people down. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. But let me tell you something. The church in the United States of America, the greatest portion of it, is 60 years behind. Because in 1960s, and it's been 60, has it been 60 years? 50 years. 50 years behind. 1960, and all through the 1960s, before, guess what was being poured out? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it covered the whole nation. Uh, Catholics were getting filled with the Spirit. Baptists and Methodists and Lutherans and, and, uh, and the Pentecostals have had it since 1906. 
So, oh my, that'd be a hundred years behind if we went by the Pentecostal. But we ain't even going to go by them. We're going to go by just the mainline denominational churches. God poured out of His Spirit on all, all flesh, and He started a major move of God in the 1960s. We call it the charismatic renewal to these days. And you know what? Just in the last few years, they started singing uh, uh, spirit songs on, you know. And I thought, well, we've been singing that since... 1960. And they started singing that and not using their hymns and singing. And some of them raised their hands a little bit. That's good. And I'm proud for them. And I am thankful for that. But that's 50 years behind. Let me tell you something, church. We're, this church right here is 20 years behind. Because in 1990, God started pouring out gold dust. And we're just now getting our little brains around it where we could believe that God, that, oh, that's not of the devil. I mean, we've got, we know faith minister, spirit-filled, preaching it right now, right now, tonight, that it's of the devil. So that's 20 years behind. I'm ready to catch up and go on. Let us go on. Hallelujah. So, and then he says the baptisms and then the laying on of hands. Oh my, we don't lay hands on in our church. Well, you're in preschool then. Because that's one of the elementary doctrines of Christ. The laying on of hands. That would be for healing. That would be for uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We lay hands on for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they did in the book of Acts sometimes, not every time. That would be for uh, uh, ordaining ministers and deacons. And that's in that, the church I came out of, that's the only time they laid hands on the... It was to ordain deacons. They laid hands on them, and Brother Hagin said, empty hands on empty heads. And I think sometimes it was. It's like, because I know those deacons back at First Baptist, where I came from, and I'm telling you, they hadn't done nothing ever since. They stand out in the parking lot and smoke cigarettes. They sit at the back of the church, one of them still there since we were there, cutting his fingernails every Sunday morning. You can hear the click. And then I'm sure you can see the droppings. You, you know, they call that sheep droppings. That's what ministers call all the trash y'all leave on the floor and the fingernails and all that. That's sheep droppings. Hallelujah. Well, it might, must have been something must not have been there. Something didn't click, did it? Now, I'm not saying every one of them. I'm sure they have some. Okay. <clears throat> moving right along. And the resurrection of the dead. That would even pertain to things like end time stuff and stuff. And then eternal judgment. Do we have to keep telling the church over and over, don't do that. Judge yourself or you'll be judged. Don't do that. We need to go on. So I want to go on. Do you? In First Kings... Uh, I'm just going to touch on some stuff tonight that Wynn talked about. First Kings 17 and some stuff he didn't that can't, has come up in my heart in the last few weeks and also this week. First Kings 17, First Kings 17, verse 7. That's in the Old Testament if you're looking. It says, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. You know, you, you know the story how God sent Elisha to the brook Cherith. He sent 
Joshua to the brook Cherith. And there it said, ravens fed him. And he just sat there. And boy, when that for a minister, that's like a vacation. You're sitting by a nice brook up in the mountains. Man, I tell you, talk about refreshing. And the ravens are feeding him. And, uh, you know, one of the ways sometimes God says, let's go on, let's go on, is the brook will dry up. Now, it's become obvious to me and Pastor over the last few months that the brook has, has started to dry up. And I think to other ministers, as we were in that minister's meeting, uh, I think it was pretty obvious from all that were there. And from what uh, Wynn said, that if the body of Christ doesn't go on, things are going to dry up around us. Hallelujah. We must go on. We don't have a choice. See, it's like, um, I think Wynn said this to the ministers. He said, uh, you, can, you can tell when a minister is really called because they can't quit. They may want to quit. They may want to so bad. I want to quit. But if you're really called, you can't quit if you aren't called. If you can quit, you weren't called to start with. And I thought, that is the truth. Because there's been so many times Pastor and I was like, we can't quit. And not only that, we can't turn back. we got to keep going forward. Because there's no... You know, even when we left Seminole, when we were praying that out through that year, we knew, listen, we're going to make this decision. That's good. But we need to know we can't go back. It's not like you can go six months later, oops, church, we really want to come back because <laughs> hallelujah. And we want our parsonage back and we want our car back and we want, you know, we want that back because, you know, but you can't. Hallelujah. So we press on. It says, the, he dwelt, let's see, verse 7, It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain him. So we just keep going forward, okay? Turn to Isaiah 55. Kind of jumping around tonight, all over the whole Bible. You know, there's a place, and uh, this is the truth, and you might as well just listen to it. Um, there's a place in the Bible where, uh, actually, I think Pastor read it recently, and uh, there was a famine in the land, and there was no food in the camp, and they were actually killing babies and eating them, and and uh, and uh, eating sheep, uh, eating uh, doves dung. That's poop. Dove poop, that's bird poop. And uh, donkey's heads, they were boiling donkey's heads and eating them because they were starving. You say, I wouldn't do that. Well, you just hadn't been hungry yet. You might. And uh, so, uh, anyway, they were doing that. And, uh, and so there was these leprous men, and they went, they were sitting around talking, you know, they're starving too, but they can't even go inside the walls of the city because they've been put outside the walls because they've got leprosy. And so they're sitting around just uh, talking and visiting one night. I'm sure their stomachs were growling and I'm sure their bodies were hurting. Leprosy's painful. And... Uh, they just looked at one another and they said, you know, why sit we here until we die? And you can say, I'm not going to go on with God. I don't want to. 
and you will sit right where you're at and you'll perish. Just, I'm not talking about God making you perish. I'm just talking about the circumstances of life will just take you under. So if you think you have a choice, we don't. None of us. We got to go on with God. And why wouldn't we want to? Hallelujah. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, transitions are difficult, uncomfortable. Uh, walking by faith is not always easy, but it's always ends, ends up good. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, 12. These are some things that maybe you didn't pick up in the meetings, but maybe you did. It'll witness to you. For you show... Oh, no, this is when it's not. This morning as I was praying, after I got the first thing, I heard this in my heart. You shall go out with joy. And I thought, I know that's a scripture, so I found it. And it's, for ye shall go out with joy. Family, we're going out with joy. You shall be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. I don't know about you, but some of you have, you may have felt like you've sown your life and it came up a thorn instead of the blessing that you thought you were going to get. Or you sowed your finances and you feel like you got the briar and still, you know, you got a past due bill instead of a, a myrtle tree. But he, all of that's just about to change. We're walking into a place. As we leave this thing that we're in, this, this paradigm is what I'm talking about. God's been talking to me, and I've been praying it on Monday night for a while, about a paradigm change at Word of Life Church. You know, and you need a paradigm change in your life. You need a paradigm change, all of you. I'm pointing at all of you. You need a paradigm change. The way you've been doing things is not working. The way we've been doing things at Word of Life Church, it's, 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 it's an old paradigm. Brother Goss kept calling it an old wineskin. And God can't pour new wine into an old wineskin because it says, actually I think we were going to read that, Luke chapter 5, we'll go over there. He cannot pour new wine into an old wineskin. You've got to have a change. Some of you need to have a change of attitude. Hallelujah. Sometimes we got to make an adjustment in our attitude. We, Brother Wynn talked to us about getting in alignment. That God won't pour, He won't bless if you're not in alignment. Alignment means, first of all, that you're right with God. You get right with God. If you're not right with God, you're not in alignment. You're not going to get a blessing. He's not going to pour out the blessing. Now, He'll help you. He'll help you get in alignment. He wants to help you. He wants to help you get there. But you just continue like you are, and you won't, You refuse to, to, to get in alignment. And the second place we got to get in alignment in is with our spouse. you got to be lined up right with your spouse. If it's out of alignment, get it fixed. Because you need the blessing. I want you to have the blessing. Master and I have enjoyed the blessing in our lives for so many years. And it's, a lot of it just goes back to our marriage. And don't, that's not because he's always perfect. And I mean, our kids could tell you, I had no, I, I mean, I am so 
flawed in marriage. But one thing we always keep doing is keep coming back, repenting to each other, apologizing, and being quick to do it. We don't let strife in our house. If it, try, it tries to get in, and we get, like, you know, last night we were both so tired, and it was, it, strife was trying to come in over something really teeny I can't even remember. I mean, you know, it'll come in over nothing. It was trying to get in, and so we just kissed each other good night and went to bed and said, let's just go to sleep because if we stay awake, we're going to fight. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just need to go shut your eyes. And it was all just because we were tired. The devil looks for you being weak when you're weak, you know, and, and when you're tired, you're weaker. Mike Murdoch always said, when, when tired comes in, faith goes out. Huh? Fatigue. He said, fatigue comes in, faith goes out. So one thing we, that's one way that we have to keep our, well, we got to guard our, be, stay right with God. Well, the best way to stay right with God is just, is, is to just repent quickly, run to Him when you've messed up. So many people run the other way when they mess up and run, just run to Him when you mess up. Keep going. Keep coming to church. Keep praying. Hallelujah. Keep praising Him. Hallelujah. It's really simple. It's like you want me to give you some magic answer to stay right with God, but it's just really simple. Just stick with Him. When you don't feel like He loves you, stick with Him because He always does. That's just the devil. That's just feelings. When you feel like He's mad at you, stick with Him. When you feel like He's this, the devil is controlling all that, He makes you feel like God's disappointed in you, even when you've repented three times. I know because He does me that way. God, the devil's no respecter of persons. He sends the same thoughts to everybody. Hallelujah. He sends the same strife to our house as he does to yours. We just turn it down. I am afraid. I learned to have a holy fear of strife. Because the Bible says in James that with strife is every evil work. You want the devil to come live in your house? Just be start being in strife. Start fighting all the time. Yelling at each other, screaming at each other. And I tell you why we do it is because both of us want to be right. If you're fighting with your husband, it's just because you want to be right. You don't care if you really are right, you just want to be. And to prove that, to him that you are. Women love to be right. And men do too, I should say. They do. They do. Because sometimes you go into your husband and you say, Honey, I'm sorry. I really am. And you think he's going to apologize back. And, you, and he says, Okay, I forgive you. And, and you go, and You want to say, Buddy, it takes two to tango. Hallelujah. Pastor says, moving right along. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that it's common to man. I always worry about people who say we never fight. I mean, I, one thing reason I worry about them is because, well, I don't worry about them, but we had two people in our church that never fought, but they never grew either because they were so much alike, they didn't iron, didn't sharpen iron at their house. They thought alike. You know, they were both, i tell you what they were. They were both uh, real phlegmatic, real laid back. 
And the phlegmatic won't fight, but he'll harbor in his heart, you know, and that's not healthy either. So that's okay. So we're moving on. If you're going to move on, you're going to have to get in alignment with God. You're going to have to stay there. You're going to have to get in alignment with your spouse and stay there. If you're not lined up right, you're not right. That means everything's legal. Everything's according to the Bible way, which is married. Okay? Get it right. Get it right. Quit playing games with God. Because if you aren't right in that way, you're not right with God. You're not right with your spouse. You're not right. And then get right with everybody else. You've got to get right with everybody else as far as you can in your heart. And then you get and the blessing of God, you won't have any trouble getting it. Hallelujah. Just, you know, get a fear of displeasing God, of not doing the word. Hallelujah. That's the only thing that keeps me in line. I would have got out and told that man off in a heartbeat. And he might have pulled a gun. I mean, people are, you know. But I have a fear of God. And uh, and Pastor said I couldn't anyway. <laughs> he doesn't want to have to fight a man for me and protect me. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, hallelujah. You choose our battles, don't we? And no man putteth 537 Luke. And no man putteth new wine into an old bottle. An old cracked bottle. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. Hallelujah. Did you know God poured new wine in you, uh, you and us, me, and we don't have a new wine skin? It actually would it'd kill us. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. That way we keep the wine and we keep the bottle. And listen to this in verse 39. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. You know what that means? It means that when God wants us to go on with Him and He wants to do something new in our lives, a lot of times we say, Oh, I really like the old way. I like the old way pastor used to preach. I like the old way when he prayed for everybody and he did all the laying on of hands. I like it better that way instead of when letting the whole church be in the ministry, which that's what's... Hey, you want me to tell you something that is the new way of God? The old way is that there was one man anointed. The new way is... The whole body of Christ is anointed. And you, you, everybody that's, um, that's been in this church and gone to Bible school and all these years have prepared, guess what? You are the new ministers going into the new way of the new change. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, when, Gwen, Gwen said we are... Gwen and Gwen, that was hard, wasn't it? That was a tongue twister. So they both answered by both things I heard. A doorway of transition. We were standing in the doorway of transition. He said, something old is going, something new is coming. Say, I'll let go of the old so I can have the new. You know, you got to let go of your old doctrine. And what Grandma said, if you're going to go into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I was blessed because my grandma had already got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so I could do what Grandma did. And that's what I did. Actually, for several years, I did what Grandma did. And then I passed Grandma. 
I mean, you're supposed to. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to work. Hallelujah. So something old is going, something new is coming by. This time next year, did y'all, that was such a powerful word. Did you hear what he said? This church won't even look the same. So everything you see tonight won't look this way next year. I believe that with all my heart. And it's going to take some, it's going to take some faith, walking by faith. God's been talking to us about it. It's going to take some transitioning together and staying in unity and uh, uh, going with the flow. And then he said one thing so powerful. And I hope you've done this and I'm doing it even. And I want us to do it together tonight. By faith, we open the door. By faith. Just by faith tonight, I say, let's say it together. You say it if you can, but I'm going to pray it. Father, and you say it under your breath. By faith, we open the door to you. And say, not our will be done, but your will be done. Be it done unto us according to your will and your way and your word, your timing, your direction. And we say yes. We just answer the call of yes. I answer the call to let go of things. I answer the call to take up a mantle that even I haven't really desired. I've been comfortable in some areas, Lord, and I answer that call to go to the new place and do the new thing so that I can be relevant in the earth. Hallelujah. So I can be a I can complete what I, we can go on to that day of completion. Or like Pastor said, we can be finishers. We can finish our uh, race. Hallelujah. And Lord, when we get to heaven, you'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we want to hear the well done. We don't want to hear Jesus say to us, you stopped. Why didn't you finish? Lord, we don't want that. So we say yes. We answer the door by faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to open the microphone up tonight. I want you to testify what you heard this week. Maybe you you can have, you if you want to sing a song. You know, uh, Tuesday at the minister's meeting after Wynn preached. And you know, he, he, he has plenty to preach. And after he preached to the ministers, one of the ministers got, had written a poem and got up and read the poem. It was so powerful. So you even can read a poem. You can sing a song. You can just share something God did in your life this week. Something you heard. Maybe you heard something I didn't hear, or maybe you want to confirm something I said tonight. I knew this week I was supposed to open it up, so hallelujah. Who'll go? Who'll go? Who'll testify? Open your mouth and I will fill it, saith the Lord. Okay, Leanne. You're the one that laid in the floor and laughed for <laughs> say something. Well, I just had a real refreshing one. I really needed that because I really need I had some lot of tension and and I just I needed a real dose and every time that happens I get so embarrassed afterwards I just I just want to crawl under the building so <clears throat> and the devil knocks me all over the place telling me how people are think you're so weird but but I really don't care because it was so awesome I mean God does such a work every time that holy laughter comes it just blesses me but I wanted to say during the meetings what I noticed he talked about rain and remember in prayer we kept torrential rain and he was talking about that and I was like yes the rain is here well I'll confirm because he said well if you need to lay if you want to go lay your hand on her 
And so I just thought, I'm supposed to do that. And immediately I got that laughter. And when I got in the bed that night and we went to IHOP afterwards, I was tired. I mean, that's one of the most tiring things about special meetings is going out to eat with them afterwards. But you love the fellowship, but it's just, you know, so it was like midnight. And uh, But I felt so relaxed. It was just, I was so relaxed all over. Now, right when it was over, I thought I was going to have to have healing because I used muscles laughing that I had not ever, I had not used. And so it was hurting, but oh, I was so relaxed in the bed. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful that you did that and, and, and uh, God used you to spread some holy laughter in the church. Amen. Come on, Laquina. You're smiling. Everybody else is, don't call me. No, they're not really. I'm just teasing. Well, I can just say that I've been in a transition period, legal, I mean, literally and figuratively and spiritually, and it was just refreshing to know that it was time to go through go through the door because a lot of times we can stand at the doorway and, you know, God, what's going on, but you got to walk through the door. So um, it was just, just a big relief to walk through the door. And one of the doors, which for me that I knew of, was um, that one day spiritual, uh, to be a leader, to be a spiritual leader. So um, I just walked through the door. I just thank God for that. Keep on going. Move on. Hallelujah. Melissa, you got something? I know you do. I think one of the things that really jumped out at me is when he said, what do you want? What do you really, really, really want? And and it it made me really start considering that. And I realized that a lot of time in my prayer time, I spend so much time saying, okay, I've got to read this, and I've got to confess this, and I've got to do this, that I don't really develop the intimacy that I should with God. And so I think that what it did was it helped me to try to get my perspective back on having the right intimacy with God as opposed to simply just going around and doing my confessions and basically checking things off my list every time I pray. Very powerful to get out of the works. That can become works. Get back in a faith relationship. Okay, who's next? Just volunteer. Okay, Myron. Well, I got challenged when he says, what do you really, really want? Because as a body, do we really, really want to see arms grow out? Do we really, really want to see the lame walk? What do we really, really want? And I had to check myself, is that really what it really what I want? Or is that just what I'm saying? And I really, really want to see that. You know, we've been praying for two notable miracles for almost two years now. And I says, Lord, we really, really want that. I could say for myself, I really, really want that. So when he says, what do you really, really want? It's, you know, I thought, well, you know, you could really, really want money. You could really, really want. No, I want to really, really see a move of God. I really, really want to see a move of God because when that happens, everything else will fall into place. That's right, right there. That is well said. That is right. If we'll seek first the kingdom, all other things will be added unto us. A lot of times we're seeking after other things, even seeking after church instead of kingdom. He talked about that. Sure. And then Rita, get ready. 
I'm just going to say one of the things that I decided about the what do you really, really want when I was thinking about the rain is I have missed every move of God since I have been on this planet, and I refuse to miss this one. I will be right in the middle of the rain when it comes out. I will not miss out on this one. That's what I decided. I know. That's right. If you miss the charismatic renewal in the 60s and 70s, well, don't miss another move of God. Well, there were lots of things, but... I remember him saying, don't worry about the churches because it's not going to be room enough or churches enough to hold this next move, the, the revival. And um, I remember him saying about pastors going to be preaching just like any, uh, any ordinary service and something's going to happen. And, and then he, even people behind him are just going to be slain in the spirit. And he also said two things that uh, had been prophesied years and years ago about people are going to be searching us out. They're going to be gathered around our dining room table, and we better have the word. We better be ready to feed them the word. And also about groups, about groups you know, uh, like, you know, in the homes. And that had been prophesied, I think, when Gene and I, we used to uh, do cell groups. I'm not trying to go back and dig up anything, but I remember he said every promise a few weeks ago, every promise when Brother David was here and uh, about how there would be hundreds of groups, you know, just all around. It wouldn't necessarily be in the church. It would be out in the in the families and and people getting together and we'd come together like one big light and and i i know i just i've heard so many times from different people about the big church they've seen here the building hallelujah um what she said something that i wanted to comment on um it'll come back to me who else joan are you kind of you're wiggling your ear. You want to speak? Well, come up. It might just be me, but did y'all read the paper about the football game for this weekend and about all the airplanes coming in? But does it make you think of something else? And the Coliseum? And that the Lord can fill up that Coliseum and bring those planes in? Amen. So that's what I thought. And that goes back to that Ruth Ward Heflin prophecy that they're coming on planes and trains and we got Amtrak coming in here and automobiles, they're coming on, they're coming into Alabama. Praise God. Not for a football game. We're not again it though. We're not again. Hallelujah. Miss Jean, you come on up here. You got something? How about Miss Kathleen, Mr. Jimmy? Go on everybody that how about y'all, the McDaniels? Miss Rona, Mr. Mack, hallelujah. Eric, oh yeah, Eric, I didn't, oh, Mr. Mack's coming up. Come on, you're next, Eric. Well, of course, see, I thought it was very good as everyone else did, but I got so much in the spirit that that night I didn't sleep at all, stayed awake all night. It wasn't medicine either. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, anointing kept me up all night. Stayed up all night, all day the next day, and then came back to the next meeting the next night. Never had been to sleep, never did get tired. 
we laid uh, hands on about 22 men. And in, this is going on 28 years, we'd never done that before. Woo! Just a lot more spiritual in the jail than, it, than it's ever, ever been. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we like that testimony. Eric, you're next. Uh, well, there was just so much. I'm going to have to get the CDs just to reprocess everything, you know, and, and get a grasp on it. But, um, you know, with, with the, the words spoken to everybody and then to me and then the, to the church in general, uh, the temptation is just to think, well, how is this even possible, you know? But then I was just reminded, I mean, that's I'm sure that's what Mary thought when the angel visited her and she just said, you know, be it done unto me according to your word. So that's what we have to do is just say, I'm not going to try to figure it out or... Or you know, or, or try to make it work, or understand. I'm just gonna get on board and go with the flow, you know. And then, uh, as soon when he prophesied that uh, about, you know, you would just be preaching an ordinary service or whatever he said, it was. It reminded me so much of uh, I think it was Ed Dufresne so many years ago said the same thing. It just popped right into my head, you know. So. Yeah. That about pastor be uh, preaching and people just start getting slain in spirit. Ed Dufresne prophesied that over him years ago in Birmingham. Yeah, in the Birmingham church. Um, I guess the thing that really stuck with me was uh, when he said that the power of the kingdom is automatic when things are aligned. And, you know, we've, we want power in our services and we want power in our individual lives, but we, we have to be willing to um, change from the same things that we're doing and the things that we've done in the past. We've got to be willing to, as Miss Debbie said, to move and be willing to move and sort of be liquid. Um, I had gotten um, a, uh, not a vision, but just for some reason I was just sort of standing that morning I was really sleepy and I was just sort of just looking at the wall and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, this um, kind of like a vision where I saw the church was completely full I saw Mr. Myron um, having to get chairs and it was raining outside and people were having to stand under this awning waiting for an opportunity to get in. And, um, I, um, and then when he began to say that, you know, that our, the church kingdom was going to be really changed and turned on its ear, then I, you know, when, when our priorities change, then immediately we'll begin to we'll begin to, you know, we'll forget about the entertainment that um, is out there and we'll begin to seek the things of God. And that's really, that's, it's going to be an awesome time. And I'm just so glad that we're living this this day and time. Isn't that the truth? Yes. It's a privilege to be born in this era, in this day and time. And uh, when you said that, it reminded me of, uh, it's like, oh, you know, uh, if everything's going to be different this time next year, I believe it. I believe the prophet. The Bible says if you believe the prophet, you'll prosper. Uh, then things are going to start moving quickly. Amen. There's going to be change quickly. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's probably going to start and build, but there will be some changes immediately. I think it's no coincidence that we changed our service time 
and we didn't even know what he was going to say, but we already knew that was coming. Uh, I, when you were speaking, it's just this scripture came in my heart. Habakkuk 2, 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Well, we've been, that's what we've been doing is tarrying and waiting for it. And, you know, not everybody could do the tearing and the waiting, but they'll be back. You know, because now is the appointed time. Now, we thought it was the appointed time. We wanted it to be the appointed time before. We've grown, we've actually been tempted to grow weary. In fact, we have grown weary because it wasn't the appointed time for the vision for all that we dreamed of. But it is now the appointed time. I don't want to leave anybody out. Jennifer, did you have anything? Okay. Did I miss anybody? Any youth or anything? Okay. Anybody over here that didn't get... Barry! Barry! Barry. Barry, surely you absorbed something up there in that sound booth. Yeah, they said it all, didn't they? They really did. Well, appreciate y'all speaking up and giving the word of the Lord. Uh, pastor's going to come now. And, uh, and if you need prayer, we'll pray for you after the service. Amen. Well, uh, you know, the, you don't really recognize faith when it's happening because you always think, well, faith is when we speak to the mountain. Faith is when we say this is where the dog didn't bite me. And faith is where we, you know, we're suffering and we're. But really, faith, that's not what faith looks like. Faith is just believing like Abraham did for 25 years that what God said was more true than what he was experiencing. And that's what's going on right now. And Debbie's right, a lot of people just couldn't bear it. They just, they were overwhelmed in their soul and they just said, you know, this is, I'm not here. I need to go somewhere else for now. But they have heard and they will see. But we're not trying to prove anything. We're just flowing with God. It does not matter to me how this thing goes in the sense personally. I am happy in the Lord and I am winning people to the Lord and, I, you know, but He has a plan. He's got a plan. And we're just, uh, uh, you know, that scripture she's talking about the lepers. Uh, Bill Winston interprets that thing where he said, "Tomorrow, the prophet got up, the the, the servant got up and said, uh, there was great famine, and he said, and this time tomorrow there'll be grain everywhere, and 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 Bill Winston says uh, there'll be plenty and it'll be cheap, and he said it'll be 24 hours, and you know the story." Uh, in in Second uh, Kings seven, it's just an awesome thing where in 24 hours. Everything changed. And we're not to interpret what we're going through where it's to be an impartation. You can't get there from here. You cannot. You cannot get there from here. There is no bridge in the natural realm. If he doesn't do it, it's not happening. And I'm not sure not going to be trying. How about you? And you know, I was noticing the 12 disciples... They were as ordinary as ordinary could be. And all they were is they had right hearts, apparently, and they said yes up front. They didn't say, I'll get back to you, because Jesus, you know, he kept on walking. He said, come and follow me, and he never broke a step. He just kept on going. So they had to, they had to hustle or whatever, you know. And, you know, I can do that. And I was thinking about Abraham that hung on for 25 years. And what, we're, what the Lord's saying to us about increase and revival and everything, it's not as hard as Him telling you you're going to have a kid when you're 100. You know, that's, and we've got the Holy Ghost, and we've got, He has prophesied stuff to us that is equal to seeing the stars in the sky and the sands of the sea. 
He has said things to us and we ought to believe. We ought to believe. I said, we ought to believe. And besides, I think he's coming back after us pretty soon. You know, we ought to get in the hurry up mode. You know what they say in football, the, 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 the red zone offense and, uh, the two minute warning thing, we ought to, <laughs> it's different. You play different in the last two minutes. You do off, on, onside kicks and you, and you, you know, you throw long passes and, you know, you know, it's, that's where we are. And it's not time to, to drop back and say, what did we do the first quarter? Let's try that again. It's time to, to, to get in the two minute offense. Hallelujah. We're in the red zone. Praise God that he could say these things to our church because he could not say it everywhere. It's just, it's pretty overwhelming because we are very presumptuous to think these things are true. How could we even dream that he would say these things to us? Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. You know, just it qualified her to bring the Messiah child. All she did was say, I'm up for it. It's just awesome. But you know, however it goes, we're going to have a blast along the way. We're going to have fun in the doing. We're not going to have to suffer and do without in order to bring this thing forth. We're just going to adjust and move and flow and go and be happy and blessed all the way. Now, y'all, we just, you know, we're just not going to have to go under in order to go over. We have just been blessed. Hallelujah. Now, these special meetings were so special. If you want a copy of it, and, you know, it just seems like to me that would be a... You get two CDs for five bucks, so it's just so cool. Yeah, there's going to be four total, or three. We actually did get... Well, anyway, it's $10.90. I'm not trying to sell them. It doesn't make any difference to me, but if you want them, you got to order them because we're, we're going to... And I'll tell you this, they haven't been made yet. You know, the last meeting we had a little lead time and, and uh, the, the one that usually is over that, uh, he went to a minister's meeting yesterday and he didn't get it done today. So, <laughs> so they're not done. And his father-in-law is coming in the morning from Texas. And so is LSU. And so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, but you do need to order them and we'll, we'll get them out. Amen. We're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings.